like a monthly stream, do something, you know, that makes sense. That's a transaction with your audience so that they really feel like they're getting something out of it. Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, wonderful people. Welcome back to another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where each and every week I interview a fantastic creator just like yourself, getting the ins and outs of the YouTube creators world, getting a behind the scenes look, a peek behind the door, if you would, uh, at a YouTube creator's life. We've got a special treat for you uh, in today's episode. I think you're going to find this one really enjoyable. I know I did. Uh, I'd like to remind you guys that you can download and subscribe to our podcast wherever you can can consume podcast, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iTunes, obviously, uh, hit that subscribe button. That way you know that uh, basically every time we release a new episode, you will be notified. This show, as always, brought to you by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. They've been supporting me for over a year and a half now. It is the tool that I use to take my YouTube channel to the next level. Uh, and the guy that I'm interviewing today also utilizes TubeBuddy, so I think you're going to hear a lot about what that tool can do to help you. So click the link in the show notes below. I promise you will not regret it. Now, as I do every week, if you go on over to iTunes, leave us a review uh, over on iTunes. I will give you a shout-out uh, as the reviews do help the show grow. Uh, we're up to over 100 now, which is amazing. Got a review coming in from Leapin' Larry. says, I listened to six podcasts on the first day that I discovered this podcast. I really enjoyed the interview-based podcast with some really insightful creators. I would recommend these podcasts to any creator considering tackling YouTube. Thank you, Larry. Next one comes in from Julian D-Rod. Dusty does a great job at removing the intimidation and starting a channel and creating great content. I've learned so much from listening and taking notes. Keep it up, man. Check out my gaming channel if you'd like. Whoa, Juju. Awesome, man. Thank you for that. And the last one coming in from Gaming Fails YT. Great help. Also, please give me a shout out. My channel name is Gaming Fails. Go check him out over on YouTube. So thank you guys for the kind words. I really do appreciate it. So the goal here on this show is to interview creators, get an in-depth insight of what it's like to be a grinder on YouTube. I pick out, I handpick my guest, and the one that you're going to hear today has been on the show before. I'm not really gonna say it right now, I'm gonna let it be a surprise, uh, but uh, but you guys, this was one of my basically most requested guests uh, to, to come back, and uh, we're talking all things YouTube, all things YouTube partner program, and so much more. So I highly recommend grab a bowl of popcorn, get you a cold beverage, sit back, put those earbuds in, Either go for a run or just whatever you need to do and just consume this podcast totally because I think you're really going to enjoy it. Thank you guys for all the support. I really do appreciate it. And until next week, see you on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's conversation. I am joined today by return guest. You all probably already know who he is, Roberto Blake, very well-known creative entrepreneur, public speaker, and author. He educates educates, that's not even a word, he educates and motivates creative people and loves to stand up for the future of creative people and creativity, founder of AwesomeCreatorAcademy.com. Roberto, how are you today, my friend? I am doing awesome. I am crushing it, apparently. Uh, I think some people in the audience know why I'm throwing that one out there right now. 
<laughs> yep, we got a, a book release that just happened very recently uh, by uh, none other than Gary V. Uh, man, I am so excited to have you back on the podcast, man. As I've mentioned before, one of the more popular episodes that I have aired here on the show. And uh, I think mainly it's because you're all over the place, man. So catch my audience up of what you've been doing lately, uh, not just in the YouTube realm, but just for online business in general. What have you been up to? So I've actually been doing a lot more with um, Awesome Creator Academy lately. For those who are not familiar, what I did was I've talked so much, and I think we talked about this in the last show, about needing to build your brand and your business outside of YouTube. And what a lot of people don't know is like uh, somewhat, somewhat secretly in 2017, I built out a whole new business platform for myself, right? And what I did was I took all the things that I, I've been doing on YouTube with educating and teaching and training and even with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients and my corporate consulting clients, I'm like, how could I bring this to more people? And so I built out awesomecreatoracademy.com primarily as a group mentoring program with a subscription model. Uh, I did a beta price and then we moved to regular price at $59 a month per member, but then I recently launched something back in November of 2017 that was another product that wasn't one-on-one -on -one coaching or wasn't um, the mentoring program, which were the primary two offerings. I, in November, launched the YouTube Starter Kit as a digital product. Over 100 templates, like 100 Photoshop templates for YouTube thumbnails based on the best, most popular channels and trends, YouTube channel artwork, end cards, all these graphics that you can do in Photoshop. And if people didn't have Photoshop, they could use open source software like GIMP, which is free, or they could use this thing that I'm getting ready to do a review on, uh, photop.com, which is basically a better version of like GIMP. It's like a free web browser version of Photoshop so you can use it on any computer. You could even use it like on a Google Chromebook or on Linux even. Um, so that's really dope. And so I launched this product and uh, I don't mind telling your audience that it was really successful considering I didn't really buy like ads for it or, or things like that. Um, not much. Uh, I ended up in 60 days by doing a digital product. Um, this is how much better this is than YouTube ad revenue in my opinion. Is I, I launched a, a digital product for the YouTube community, I also gave myself a handicap of not heavily pushing or promoting this to my audience or doing a dedicated YouTube video. I mentioned it in a few of my live streams, uh, which you know are like three hour long live streams. Uh, so I didn't even plug it to my main audience. I used Twitter and Facebook and Instagram where I have much smaller followings and uh, a little bit to my email list. And in like 60 days, I did $15,000 in revenue uh, with almost no cost against that versus, you know, people who launch online courses, there's a lot of expense and a lot of cost behind that. So I took my skills as a graphic designer, the same way that I brought that skill to YouTube and did my own thumbnails and artwork to give myself an advantage. I took that same skill and I turned that skill into a product, Dusty. There are so many artists and creative people that could take their skill and turn it into a product. Like if I was an illustrator, I'd make even more money because I could be doing commissions not only of caricatures and uh, and icons and, and things like that and, and uh, avatars. I could be selling generic templates of those things for marketers and for social media personalities to buy basic assets to make their own stuff. And I'd be making money hand over fist because I could just keep making a bunch of digital products like that. And I'd be, I'd be raking it in 
like Dusty. So uh, like, again, I'm doing things and I'm experimenting with things, but I want people to learn from that example of the way that I'm building products and businesses and services, because if they were to do that, they could start making real money and they could do it on their own platform instead of worrying about what advertisers will or won't do, what's advertiser friendly, you know, it, it can give people back that control, give them back freedom. And, you know, that's interesting that you just talked about that, because in, in the wake of all of this craziness happening with the changes to the YouTube partner program, obviously, uh, it doesn't affect people like you or me. You know, it affects the so-called what people are calling the smaller YouTube creators. But with with that change, I guess, you know, examples like what you just gave with the YouTube starter kit, you know, you can do things like that. Like for you, Roberto, you weren't worried about changes that YouTube was going to make because you had set yourself aside and you put in time to build your own platform over at awesomecreatoracademy.com and you've built up some products and we talked off air just a few minutes ago you're building even more products now to put on there uh, so let's talk that for a minute YouTube's changing its partner program you and I have talked ad nauseum about that I don't want this to be just another generic conversation about that let's dive a little deeper into it uh, I want to ask you this question why do you think that Smaller creators are, why do you think that 4,000 hour of watch time, like that milestone, why do you think that scares people so much? It's because small creators feel like they don't have a voice. They don't feel like they're being heard. They don't feel like they're being acknowledged. And it's partly because they're making the mistake of comparing themselves to bigger people, but they're also not being realistic. They want this to happen in like year one or, or year two. And you and I both know it doesn't necessarily work that way with the exception of a few anomalies. You know, they'll always bring up, well, Peter McKinnon did it or, or Rice Gum did it or, or this one or that one. And it's like unicorns are unicorns for a reason, you know, and, and everyone, I hate to break it to them because I hate to sound discouraging or like I'm razzing on them, but everyone thinks they're a special unicorn and they're not. They might be a very fast horse. They might even be a zebra, but the odds are they're not a unicorn. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like it, you know, it's got four legs, it's got hooves and it moves pretty fast. It must be a unicorn, right? No, it's more likely a horse on the off chance. It could be a zebra though. You know, the, the thing is about that, about, you know, the anomalies and about that's what people want to bring it up. It's, it, it really is. It boils down to people not wanting to put in the work and, and not wanting to put in the time. So I had a question that I composed that I wanted to ask you and other people in this uh, YouTube education space. If if you could start over, if, if you could start over again, and let's go back to the time where, you know, you were just thinking about creating your YouTube channel, Roberto Blake YouTube channel, before any of this happened, if you were starting right now, and you only had, let's say, a $500, $300, $300 $500 budget, what would you do? What would Roberto do knowing what you know now? I, I do exactly pretty much what I did, which is, in my case, I'll play to my strengths. I'm a tutorial-based channel, $300. I could buy $99 screen casting software or free OBS, and I could do screen recordings of the thing that I'm good at, which is, in my case, Photoshop. But if you can't afford that, which Photoshop's like $10 a month now for subscription-wise, but then if anything, I would do tutorials around open source software is what I would personally do because, again, I'm playing to my strengths at that point. Screen recording is what I can do. Um, in my case, uh, I'm assuming that I would already have a drawing tablet because I'm a graphic designer, but if not, $300, I spend $150, $120 by a really good drawing tablet, and I would be using that, and I would be using those skills, and I would be doing um, – 
design. I would be doing design challenges. I would be doing digital artwork and I would be doing that stuff on uh, Photoshop without even being on camera. Uh, I could take $60 or $99 and I could buy either a Logitech C920 or a Logitech C922X as a webcam. It's the webcam I use in my live streams right now. Grind to 100 subscribers, not hard with me on a tutorial style channel, then start doing live streams and then, and then start doing live streams and doing live artwork and design challenges in real time with my audience build and rack up that watch time, get even more subscribers, utilize Twitter and other social media to drive traffic, use my website to funnel people with tutorial videos on a website and build an education platform there, start selling Photoshop assets to make money, start freelancing to make money. Oh, you mean the actual things that I did? Like, except like I would, in this case, I'd be even more intentional because in this case, Daryl Eves and Tim Schmoyer and Sonny Leonard Doozy and Owen Video and Nick Nim and Brian G. Johnson exist. So it would be even easier because when I did it, no YouTube experts really existed at the time. So I would basically play to my strengths and do that. Um, I'd get better audio than what I had uh, at the time. $60 <laughs> microphone, which I'm using now, the Audio-Technica um, ATR2100 or $30 more to spend $100 and do a Blue Yeti. So if I have $300, my version of it is buying probably buying uh, $100 worth of software, um, a $99 webcam, and a $99 microphone, and I'm done. And that's $300 or you know, $500 a little bit more. I make some money. Cool. I save up. I buy a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. Camera. I either buy one of the Canon Rebels or I buy the Panasonic G7 and uh, get a halfway decent lens. Save up my money or go out and mow lawns. I can make the money to buy a camera mowing lawns. I can make the money to buy a camera freelancing. So like I would do those things. And then uh, like this idea that YouTube is so much harder in 2018. I beg to differ. Like now you have actual resources. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, hashtag humble brag, the, the, the freaking YouTube starter kit is $99 and you're getting about $2,000 worth of Photoshop assets. That didn't exist a couple of years ago, okay? Like you have uh, 250 videos on how to grow a YouTube channel from Roberto Blake, 380 from Tim Schmoyer, like, you know, 260, I think, or so from Daryl Eves, God knows how many from Nick Nimmin and Brian G. Like, you know, you have people like Sonny Laraduzzi who can teach you how to use not only YouTube, but social media. That didn't exist in 2013. That didn't exist in 2007. Like, you know, stop crying. Yeah, the, the number of hours of free resources out there just on YouTube is astronomical. Like, to think of the amount of educators now on YouTube than when I started or when you started is just absolutely amazing. And I just know, I was looking at it the other day and I was doing some math. Between the Two Buddy Express podcast and this podcast here, I've done over, like, something ungodly, like something like 220 some odd hours of just YouTube, either conversations with creators like what we're doing now, or just actionable 10 to 12 minute tips and strategies of, hey, if you do this, you will improve your channel. Uh, and it's just amazing of uh, people say, well, I can't do this, can't do that. If you just go and consume that content and, and not just consume it, right, but actually 
take notes, actually really implement what these people are telling you to do, it's it's really a no-brainer. Um, and so, you know, those excuses to me, again, I'm not being down on those creators either. I understand I'm not in that situation, so it's hard for me to look. I'm kind of looking from an ivory tower is what people normally I'm not say, because I have, but, I have two secret YouTube channels that, like, you know, people don't know. So it's like, I, and I'm sitting there, and again, I'm sitting there with my students in Awesome Creator Academy under the hood of their channels, and I do consulting. It's like, I have, I know exactly what it looks like to be a small YouTuber and everything like that. I come down out of the ivory tower, I get in the freaking mud and dirt. I get my hands dirty. Like, so next time someone says that, no one, next time someone tells me I'm an ivory tower, I'm going to punch them in the mouth. Like, that's... <laughs> you know, I thought about that, Roberto. I actually have a YouTube channel that I created uh, about a, three or four months ago. And I really want to do like a, I don't know, no one's done this yet, but I want to do something that's like, hey, let me grow this channel with you. But, you know, I just don't want to put it out there to my audience because they'll go over there and subscribe to it. I want to do it from the ground up. And I want to say, okay, once it's gotten to 1,000 subs, once it's gotten to 4,000 hours watch time, I'll be like, hey, guys, listen, I did this. So I'm not only like talking the talk, but I'm walking the walk as well. So I think uh, getting down in the grit in the mud. And, you know, Roberto, you said you have two uh, two channels that, that you're doing secretly. So I think you're already kind of in that space. But, man, you know, it's one of those things to where, let me ask you this, like when we're talking about, uh, you know, relying on YouTube, YouTube as a platform and, and stepping out to, to to create your own platform. What type of freedom has it given you as a creator to not be bound by or not be worried about the uh, the implications of changes or pivots that YouTube is making as a platform? What kind of freedom has it given you as a creator? Like. You know that one of the things that I don't love talking about because I feel it sounds pretentious is I don't like talking about money, right? Um, and re- the the hard numbers. But I'm going to share some of this with your audience, not because I feel like bragging or oh, like transparency. I need to tell you guys because I don't believe in any of that. Like you know, from that standpoint, I don't believe you have to tell anybody your paycheck. But like I know that some people. Uh, and some skeptics don't take things seriously if they don't have like a hard number. And here's what I'll tell you. Awesome Creator Academy uh, made a huge pivot in the last three months. It was already doing a healthy amount of revenue just on um, the membership. We have over 100 members, right? But now Awesome, and that was some of those were beta members, so they paid, they got grandfathered into a lower rate. Uh, so Awesome Creator Academy was doing good. It was always doing over 3000 in revenue. And I wasn't tracking the coaching revenue before. I used to invoice that separately, but now I moved it over and combined the systems. Between that and the product launch, um, Awesome Creator Academy went to averaging um, between 8000 and 11000 in revenue for the last three months by itself. And that's not counting my YouTube revenue. That's not counting sponsors. That's not counting uh, Patreon. That's not counting any of my other multiple passive income or active income streams. That's not counting me as a public speaker. Awesome Creator Academy is an independent platform that I own. Um, you know, uh, generates now on average a month eight thousand to eleven thousand. If we had a bad month, it'd be five thousand a month. You can live off of this independent platform, I can live, YouTube can go away tomorrow because I marketed Awesome Creator Academy outside of YouTube. I didn't even tell my core audience about it until just recently. I've been marketing specifically in Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, mostly organically and mostly through word of mouth relationships and by going to conferences and bringing in, and I did the recruiting actually practically by hand, Dusty. I did the recruiting through Facebook messaging, Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs, and face-to-face at conferences. I brought in almost every single member by hand instead of scaling it purely digitally. 
And that's something I'm very proud of. And the reason I, I bring that up is because I have complete freedom financially from YouTube as a creator. I could stop creating content on YouTube, which I won't, but I would still have a six-figure business that I could scale because I haven't even released courses just yet. We're doing that in the month of February. There's some courses coming out that I've been working on very hard, and I actually worked on them in partnership with members of Awesome Creator Academy telling me what they feel other creators are struggling with, other entrepreneurs are struggling with, because this is a platform that's not just for YouTube creators. It's for freelancers. It's for creative entrepreneurs. It's for people who might otherwise be starving artists. It's so that we can do mindset, marketing, and monetization. Those are like the three M's that we focus on an awesome creator academy, the mindset and the discipline required, uh, the process, the absolute need to market yourself and build your brand, especially now it's no longer optional to have a personal brand. And then the monetization aspects of building a real business and building uh, your following and monetizing like, and the reality of it. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because you know, in the live streams, you guys have seen like some of the AdSense earning stuff on my side. It's not what I make in YouTube because I do very well in affiliate marketing um, and sponsorships. But like ad revenue in YouTube at my level, averaging like what, 600,000 views per month, I do what, three, four grand in ad revenue. Yeah, you could live off of that. That's a corporate America salary. You know, I know there are a lot of creators that don't make that with more views. I, I know a lot of friends personally don't make that with more views, but like, but like whoop de doo ad rates could change. Advertisers could boycott. YouTube can change the rules as they're known to do. Anyone relying on AdSense for their living is vulnerable, Dusty. They are like wildly vulnerable. Um, I was never comfortable with that. So I have never really lived off of my AdSense because as you know, prior to YouTube, I was freelancing and then I built up my, my business and my consultancy, create awesome media and have been a speaker and I've been making money from my clients to live off of and doing online affiliate marketing and passive income to live off of. And I made YouTube extra. In fact, I just used all of like, I was using all of my YouTube money the last couple of years just to invest back into hardware and equipment that I use for all of my ventures. And that's pretty much what, where my business budget, my business budget was, Oh, I'll just use YouTube as operating capital. Um, and so that's how I've done it. I wasn't living off of YouTube. I used YouTube to scale me. I've always used YouTube as a tool and as a as a platform to market and never as I, I never used it or looked at it as its own full on business that was supposed to support my life and my lifestyle. I've just used it as an opportunity to grow my business. Um, and I think that's important. I think it matters because I think I make more money outside of YouTube than on YouTube. And it's amazing that the the facade that that people have sometimes that the AdSense revenue is, you know, that's why when this whole thing came out about the partner changes and, you know, realistically, the people who now are not able to monetize their channel are people who were not making any money. And when I mean any money, I literally mean possibly maybe not even totaling out to $100. And we've all said that. We've all done the numbers. We've all crunched the numbers. That's fine and dandy. But when it comes to YouTube, 100,000 views to make $130, it's insanity. <laughs> it really is. So I want people to get it out of their mind that they're just going to get rich quick by just, you know, clicking that button and seeing that little money symbol turn green. Like it doesn't work that way. That's not how it works. You know, 
I want to transition this conversation. I want to talk about your podcast here towards the end of the interview. But right now, you mentioned something in your last live stream. You and I both live stream over on the TubeBuddy YouTube channel. You were live streaming mm-hmm. yesterday. I was live streaming last week. You made, yep. you made a comment with, in your live stream that said this. You said, people don't understand the value of evergreen content. And oh my God, I, yes. I think that this is a big point. Uh, people ask me all the time, they say, well, you have you know new uploads on your channel, uh, you know the Technology Guru YouTube channel that only has you know, 500, 600 views. And they say, why is that? And I tell them, I say, you know, well, my channel is a tutorial-based channel, even more so than what yours is, where I do tutorials on everything, every type of software you can think of, every type of uh, anything with technology-based that you can think of, I do tutorials on. That's how and I... How long? How long have you had that going? Oh man, I've, I, this is the seventh, almost going on eight years now, um, and and you know it's one of those things, Roberto, where I have videos from six years ago that are still that are still, that are still crushing, it. crushing it and sending me people, giving me affiliate sales, making me AdSense revenue. I think I want you to touch briefly on the power of evergreen content and why people aren't utilizing evergreen content why is everyone focusing on yes i get it if you're a bigger channel you can do this stuff and you can get two to three to four to six million but again we're not talking about the unicorns which is what you were referring to earlier we're talking about people who are wanting to grind who are wanting to get that four thousand hours of watch time let's speak for a few minutes on evergreen content and the power of it and how you've used it to build your business because i've looked at you i've watched you from afar you are as as i like to think of myself the master of evergreen content so let's talk about that for a minute. So I've done like um, almost 1,200 videos on the channel over the last like four and a half going on five years now. And I have content – like I'll give you a real example. My um, 10 Ways to Make Passive Income Online uh, is the video that I did in May of 2016. Then its first six months only got like – and I say only – uh, got like 80,000 uh, views in its first six months, which was great. That was crushing it. And it's up to 1.2 million now. Uh, so that video is a year and a half old, and it got 90% of its views after the fact. Um, and the first day that – no, first two days it was out, it did like 3,000 views. You know, the thing that everyone razzes me about is my like view-to-subscriber ratio. My view-to-subscriber ratio is the same as Gary Vaynerchuk's. Like Gary Vaynerchuk um, – has a million subscribers now and I was a subscriber back when he had like 20,000 um like you know so all the lames out there that think they're Gary V fans like you know sorry um like I'm a real fan like <laughs> you're not you're the OG I'm OG like so um Vayner Nation um but the um but the reality is like Gary has a million uh YouTube subscribers and his videos average typically uh, unless he has like a really hyped up guest his videos average 30,000 to 50,000 views on average with a million subscribers. That being said, that means he's doing uh, three to 5% of his audience is engaging with the content. And that's always been the case because even when he had a million followers on Twitter, like even six years ago, that wasn't converting to YouTube views at all. Um, you know, and he grew and blew up more in Instagram than in YouTube. Uh, and he was getting wild engagement in Snapchat beyond what his YouTube numbers were two years ago when Snapchat was in its glory days. So I think people are misunderstanding this because they watch the Jake Pauls and Logan Pauls of the world get like 50 and 60 percent of their audience to watch and engage. And I think one of the things is that when people look at the big YouTube megastars, without, with almost without exception, 
and you can speak to this, Dusty. Wouldn't you say that almost without exception that everybody with a diamond play button that's not Ellen DeGeneres or Jimmy Fallon or the WWE has a young audience? Everyone of the 600 creators with a diamond play button pretty much has a young audience. They're they're either teenagers or they're preteens. Absolutely. Those people have the most disposable watch time. They have the most disposable time there is, which is why— And advertisers don't like that audience, by the way. No, they really don't, but advertisers— are being sold on numbers and impression. And as a, as a person who worked in corporate America marketing, they aren't getting not enough of them. Now, I'm not speaking uh, for all of them, but in general terms, most of them just trot numbers in front of their boss. And those numbers are big enough and impressive enough for them to get away with anything. And that's how being a middle, a mid-level marketing manager, especially in America works is you throw out these really big numbers and your boss will sign off on it without nuance or context until the Wall Street Journal writes a hit piece on PewDiePie, as they're known to do, and then it'll be a problem for you later. But in the meantime, you're getting the numbers, so you're getting a bonus this month. Like, and that's just the reality, and that's that's what it is. Um, that that all being said, advertisers don't like the like, but they pay for it because they're like, oh, well, brand awareness or reach, and you know, for the Pepsi's and the Coca Colas of the world, that's fine, but. In the hype of all of that, small business owners like me end up going to YouTube and our ad dollars get squandered on channels that they have no business being squandered on uh, just because YouTube is pushing ads to their biggest overall view performers. And I think they're trying to adjust and fix some of those issues. But they also do that because when they're selling ads in bulk, you know, in their Google preferred tier, I mean, that helps. The numbers are the numbers. It's a sales game and it sucks. But the reality is what happens is – and I'll speak to the small creators here in a minute. But the small creators follow what the big creators do, and it's a mistake. Yes, you should emulate success, but they're doing it without context and nuance in the same way that marketers are following those big numbers without context or nuance, meaning that your audience isn't PewDiePie's audience necessarily. Or if it is, you're kind of screwed because why you probably – your first three years – may not be clever enough to figure out why someone should watch you when they could just watch PewDiePie if you guys share an audience. So that's a problem because if you want a differentiation from PewDiePie, your options are Markiplier and Jacksepticeye. They are different enough. And then there are some small 1 million channel creators in the same niche, people like my friend Bijou Mike, who grew from 1,000 subscribers in two years to a million uh, this year. Well, he's close to a million. He's at like nine nine hundred eighty thousand. So I'm just gonna say a million. I'm gonna round up. You know, uh, rooting for you, Mike. Uh, but the uh, but yeah, I mean, Mike Lucas came out of nowhere, and people a lot of people still don't know who he is. But I think he's gonna end up within the next three years being at that same echelon as Markiplier and PewDiePie and Jacksepticeye. And it's because he did it his way and he did his own thing. He came up with a unique angle to gaming and he ended up covering games that they won't and aren't covering. And so he found his place and he found his voice and he found his style. But it took him two years to do it, which is record time. But, you know, he attributes that a lot to following the principles that I um, that I give out there. And I, I think that he was smarter than most of my audience about his implementation. The problem is when people follow big YouTubers that they admire, they often become a clone and they also aren't taking into consideration that their situation is wildly different than those big YouTubers. And 
it won't work. You know, they're not, they don't have a good thesis for reverse engineering what that person did and they don't really understand it. And they're following what the person is doing now, not how they got there. They're not going back into the historical data of that person's channel and seeing where they started and where they pivoted and how long that took. Um, like PewDiePie did a hundred videos to get his first 1500 subscribers uh, Marquez Brownlee did a hundred videos to do his first 74 subscribers. Marquez is almost at 6 million, I think right now, like, and he's been at this for nine years. Um, Philip DeFranco talks about doing YouTube at a loss for like four or five years. Um, and he's been on the platform a decade. I just seen freelance for five years before this was full time for her. Most people don't realize that. And she was doing things outside to build her brand in the real world and doing networking for years outside of YouTube. Granted, you could escalate past a lot of those things faster now because there are more resources and YouTube is taking seriously. But what the reason I'll say that the, the 4,000 to answer your original question, the 4,000 hours of watch time feels impossible for a lot of these creators is because they don't have an understanding of how to give instead of how to take just yet because all of them are focused on getting 4,000 hours of watch time, getting 1,000 subscribers versus giving value to the audience that they want. They can't answer my like ruthless questions about YouTube. What's your demographic? Who's your audience? Is your audience you know, 14 to 17-year-olds or is it uh, – you know? college students? Is it people in the adult marketplace? Who is your demographic? Tell me three things that describe your ideal viewer avatar. They can't. Tell me what your channel is about and what the value of your channel is. They can't. Why should someone watch your videos? Oh, because I work really hard on them. Wrong answer. No one cares. No one's interested. No one cares. <laughs> no, they don't care. Yeah, people don't want to hear that, but they don't. They really don't care. No, I don't view I don't view content because somebody worked really hard. What do I care, right? I view content because it's respectful of my time and it delivers value for me for that five to ten minutes that I'm not working on my business, that five to ten minutes that I'm not putting myself in a social situation to overcome my anxiety and to ask a girl out um, so that like I don't have to do Valentine's Day single this year. Uh, like I could be doing any number of things with that, with, with that five, 10, 15 minutes. Why does your video deserve that time in my life that I never get back? And they can't answer that question. It's always about them. It's always about, I've worked so hard or I want this or YouTube is my dream. No one cares. I, I, and I'm sorry. And that sounds like razzing and that sounds like a put down. That sounds like talking crap on small YouTubers from the ivory tower. But here's the thing. You know what? When I started YouTube, I actually didn't want people watching my videos that when I first got started because I was ridiculously self-conscious about the fact that I didn't feel like my ability to communicate properly, especially doing tutorials. I felt like uh, I might be rambling too much or I'm saying um too much. I was really self-conscious about it and the initial viewers that I got were very um, lenient with me because they valued – well, at least somebody who's not – being, you know, stuffy about it or somebody, oh, someone different is finally teaching me video editing or someone different is teaching me Photoshop or someone different is teaching me, um, illustrator or design or Lightroom or whatever. Like they were excited by the fact that there was a new voice. They were excited by the fact that, oh, I relate to this person better than these other people that I've been watching up until now. And they were excited and they 
were encouraging, but they also gave me real constructive criticism. They gave me constructive criticism that helped me figure out getting a better microphone and tweaking my audio a little bit. Someone recommended that uh, for audio stuff, I watch Mike Russell's tutorials. And now me and Mike Russell, we've been good friends for years now. Um, in fact, I um, hired his company, Music Radio Creative, to start making a new branded intro for my podcast. I'm being managed by uh, his wife, um, Isabel, um, great couple great business people, great creatives. I love Mike. Mike's got Mike's some awesome amazing. Stuff. And I'm actually going to be outsourcing half of the editing of my create something awesome today podcast over to music radio creative, uh, for them to do that just to, for me to get back more of my time. Uh, that's where some of that YouTube ad money will be going. Um, but like the, like, so the reality is that I didn't want an audience immediately because I didn't feel my content was up to par yet. I was still putting it out there because it's a body of work and I need to try and I needed criticism. I needed feedback to get better. And so my first year, even though I did get 10,000 within uh, 12 months of going hard from July, 2013, I got to, um, to over 10,000, um, in that first year, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to get better. The goal was to get good. I don't think people treat this with the same respect that they treat picking up a musical instrument or or picking up a sport. No one expects to have people cheering for them in the crowd in the first 12 months of starting a sport or, or playing a musical instrument. No one expects to get a trophy the first year they pick up a sport or a musical instrument. And they don't treat YouTube with the same respect when it requires creativity and discipline and some level of entrepreneurial savvy and also te real technical skills and then also the ability to empathetically resonate and communicate and serve an audience. And I, I just think that a lot of people don't respect it. I think a lot of people think it's a fast cash grab or they, they admire uh, Jake and Logan Paul or PewDiePie or Markiplier or Gary Vee. And they're like, well, I want that, and so I'm going to go here and do this. And and you're not them. Like you have to figure out your version of it and your own way. You can't just do what they did and expect the exact same results. You have to map and apply that to yourself, and you have to play to your strengths. I, I you know, I'm not, um, I'm not a clone of anybody. I, I might feel sometimes like an amalgamation of a lot of different people, but that's because I consumed a lot of people in the creative space that I respect and admire, a lot of entrepreneurs that I respect and admire that now I'm getting to be friends with, people like Chris Ducker, who really like motivated me to really go past solopreneur to starting to use more freelancers and get a virtual assistant and to start building a team, um, Pat Flynn who really was instrumental in helping me diversify and build passive income. Chase Jarvis, another creative entrepreneur who built an education platform with Creative Live, was really a big inspiration to me with building Awesome Creator Academy. Um, you know, obviously Gary Vee resonates with me, but less what I learned from him so much uh, about the business or about social media, but more about really uh, respecting my own, my own, sense of purpose, respecting what I believe in, uh, having the self-awareness, the self-discipline, uh, be going, being much more creative, being much more outspoken. Gary really was a push for me in the motivation and the acceptance and believe it or not, even the self-love tier of what I do, because I think that people often are trying to emulate or be like their heroes because they don't love themselves enough and have enough courage and enough belief in what their unique ability is, what their unique personality is, that they'd rather hide behind being a clone of somebody else. And that's what I really believe 
is the anxiety point for all creators, whether they're on YouTube or anywhere else. And I think that the reason that people are struggling or angsty about this 4,000 hours of watch time, I think they just don't believe that anyone will care about what they do because they're thinking about people caring about them. People don't know them yet. They have to get to a point of what do I care about outside of myself that other people will care about? What table do I belong at in the lunchroom? Because that's the answer. Because no one knows you yet. They don't, they don't care about you yet. But if you show them that you love Power Rangers as much as they do, that you love Harry Potter as much as they do, then they might like you and care about you. But you have to show them Abs- that first. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with, with everything that you just said. It really is about putting your pity aside and, 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 you know, oh, poor pitiful me and just really getting yourself in there, doing the work. And, you know, a lot of what you just said and, and what you were just speaking about is that you've made connections. You've reached out to people. And, and you know, a lot of times I think people are afraid to do that because they're afraid the other people that they're reaching out to are either too big for them or they're too large to – want to collaborate with them or want to at least help them. And what I've found, and it sounds like what you've found, is normally if you just shoot a couple of cold emails or find a way to DM them on Twitter or Instagram or find a way, a place where they communicate most, I guarantee you, majority of the time, these people are just normal people looking to create a business and a brand just like you are, and they're willing to go alongside young, you know, great creative people who are out there wanting to put the work in. So I think you ended that what you just said there talking about your podcast. So I want to end this uh, episode here with you today. I feel like you and I could talk about this stuff for hours on end and we do every day, uh, every week. Uh, But I want to end with you kind of telling my audience a little bit about what you have to offer as far as like your podcast coming this year, because you have said on social media multiple times recently that you're looking to hit that hard and heavy with your podcast as well as go ahead and uh, let my audience know about your products as far as like um, uh, over at the creative, academy.com over where you're at uh, and the, di- the different the YouTube creators kit and things like that so let's go ahead and wrap it up here in the next couple of minutes but let my audience know where you know they can consume that podcast what you're looking to do with the podcast as well as just some uh, some content that you have that you think they would find helpful so um, I'm doing the create something awesome today podcast which you can find in iTunes stitcher SoundCloud Google all of it like and um, it's a really interesting show. It, there's a lot of solo episodes with me uh, talking about creativity, motivation, and the reality of um, what the creative landscape is and what the business behind being uh, a creative is, not just being a starving artist. But I'm also interviewing great creative minds and great entrepreneurs, people like Kim Luna, people like my friend Amy Schmittauer, Sonny Doozy. Um, people like Pat Flynn, um, you know, maybe we'll get Gary V on the podcast soon. A friend of mine just landed Gary V as the first interview for her podcast. Uh, my friend Sarah Dietschy, uh, she's going to be on the podcast at some point. Uh, you know, people like her, people like John Hill, but also some small, but passionate and powerful creators that are behind the scenes. Um, you know, people like Christina Red. uh, people who are not small but are crushing it on the back end uh, being video producers and things like that, people like Caleb Wojcik. Um, So that's what we're doing over at the Create Something Awesome Today podcast. Over at awesomecreatoracademy.com, we've got a ton of great resources and materials for you guys. We have a great mentoring program if you want to be a part of that. Uh, As for the YouTube Starter Kit, 
if you're listening to this, the odds are you're a YouTube creator. The odds are if you're a YouTube creator, thumbnails are the bane of your existence. The, uh, the odds are that you're not great at you know the Photoshop stuff, the branding. Uh, I came from a background of doing billboards for a living, so I'm pretty good at that stuff. And what I did was I made – and they're not even basic. These are like advanced thumbnails that the biggest YouTubers I've used their um, – styles and I made them from scratch and I made them something that anybody could use or could do and make their own with their own uh, text and their own pictures that they could drop in. Uh, this isn't necessarily for Canva people. Photoshop has a free 30-day trial. Just grab Photoshop or go to photop.com and you can open Photoshop files and edit them or or get GIMP or get um, Affinity. Affinity's cheap. GIMP is free. Um, but the YouTube starter kit, and Dusty, we're going to give your audience uh, a coupon code. Uh, they can just type in um, Express as their coupon code, and we're going to give them um, 20% off because the the bigger sale ended today, um, or it's ending at midnight today. But you know, so um, the uh, so they can get uh, a discount for uh, as exclusive to your audience if they just type in Express. Um, they can do that into the code. So we'll link them up with that, but. The YouTube Star Kit has literally over 100 individual Photoshop files that you can download to make amazing, gorgeous YouTube channel artwork that makes people take your channel seriously, thumbnails that will get clicks, that will get views, that will get watch time, that will get subscribers, end cards so you can drive more traffic to other videos and playlists, and all kinds of other resources. We even hooked you up with a bunch of music as well as lists to get uh, royalty-free music. So there's literally hundreds of downloads here. This stuff, if I sold it individually, would total up. I did the math at you know five to twenty dollars a pop. This would cost you thousands of dollars, and I'm giving it to you for ninety-nine bucks. But the audience for this podcast will get a discount. So I would encourage you guys to check that out if you're serious about growing your YouTube channel because packaging matters, guys. We judge a book by its cover. We judge a YouTube. Uh, piece of content by its thumbnail we really do it's all we care about it's so true and thank you so much for not only coming on the show but providing my audience with some some discounts for the the, the valuable content that i know i mean you can just hear in the past 45 minutes just the content that uh, just the amount of knowledge that roberto has not only with the youtube space but uh, even more now with the creative and the online business space and uh, such a knowledgeable individual and i'm just so thankful to to call you my friend uh we're neighbors Absolutely. neighbors now you know not 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 yeah. very far away from each other maybe we can go grab some uh some coffee or do some uh some some think tanks when you're when your schedule would, slows down <laughs> i would love to schedule something where you can do uh for my channel an interview of me and like hit me with like the hard head questions like we could do like a real actual like interview because i'm, I'm super into it um i'd love to collab with you on that could be one of the uh, 100 collabs uh, that I'm doing because that's another secret project. Is uh, you might have noticed me doing a lot more collabs. I have noticed between that. the between the channel and the podcast. The goal this year is 100 collabs. It's insanity. Well, let, let's uh, let's make that happen. We need to make that happen. Meet somewhere close to Atlanta or somewhere. Go to a restaurant. Do some outdoor filming with some nice natural light and have a really awesome interview. I think that would be super cool. Um, that I'm just I'm just excited thinking about that now. But anyways, thank you so much for joining me again this week, Roberto. I know this is going to be another very popular episode that I put out on the feed. And until next time, keep creating stuff and keep creating awesome stuff. 
You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.